You are listening to Wrestling is for Girls, a weekly wrestling podcast that's more color commentary than play-by-play. Each week, we get raw, talk smack, and usually find a way to bring a random early aughts pop culture reference into it at least once. I am Abigail, and I'm here with a color commentator to my play-by-play, Jillian. Are you ready to kick things off? I am very, very, very ready. Like, one to ten, how ready are we talking? 9.3. That's pretty, I like that. That's positive, but not overhyped. That's good. Yeah, I'm not like, whoa, you know. <laughs> You're not going to cause not... problems like Rick Boogs. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to scare my cat. <laughs> I'm not making horrific faces. And that is why you're my co-host right there. (laughs) Thank you. So uh, with absolutely no further delay, uh, SmackDown kicks off in an emotionally troubling place this week. Um, We have Roman Reigns arriving at the venue with Solo Sokoa, Jimmy Uso, Paul Heyman, and who's not there? Sami Zayn. And Jay. Well, that's true. (laughs) We're down a couple Uses. We are. They're less oozy this week. Yeah. And didn't Roman like totally snub Kayla, little tiny Kayla standing out there in the cold waiting for them to arrive? I don't know if it was cold. I mean, I imagine it was like she's roughly a third of him. I know. She's, and she's so like, and he's so I just, tall. I want to get your insights. And he basically just like face palms her. He doesn't face palm her, but it's like an emotional <laughs> face palm. It really it would have been funnier if he did. <laughs> it really would have. Maybe they didn't have time to spitball ideas. They didn't have any time to get the improv down. But yeah, I think it I think it kind of set the tone for what is uh, going to come later in the night with the bloodline. Yes, and Paul said that he could neither confirm nor deny Jay's presence in the bloodline. So something's happening or something's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we have to wait and find out. There's one thing we know for sure. Either something is happening or something is not happening. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we start on this really extremely dramatic note and then we jump right into a SmackDown Tag Team Championship Contenders Tournament match. We've got Braun Strowman and Ricochet, my current favorite tall and small, uh, versus Imperium. <laughs> Can I say something really quickly about the stuff with Jay and the Bloodline? I was trying to think of yeah yes of course it's like he's slush shingers jay he's either in the bloodline or not in the bloodline at the same time but we can't tell okay that's really good (laughs) it was really bothering me like his name completely deleted from my brain for a second i'm sorry to have interrupted that Braun and ricochet yes tall and small combo so awesome (laughs) That was a, a really worthy interruption. Don't you ever apologize for that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no, or Schles- Schlesing- Schlesing- it's hard to say. Schlesinger's bloodline? Maybe that's better. I was going to say, no, nobody put Schlesinger's uh, Uso in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> I think Schlesinger's bloodline works better because Jay's either in or out of the bloodline. Just like, no, but the cat's definitely in the box. We just know if the cat's <laughs> Jay is either alive or dead. We know that much. We have no idea if Jay Uso is alive at this point. Let's be <laughs> honest. I haven't been monitoring his social media. <laughs> Nor have I. Because I'm trying to be the ignorant one on the podcast. Well, I have to tell you, you have a ways to go to achieve that <laughs> title. But good luck next week. <laughs> Thank you. 
So uh, we've got, you know, everybody coming to the ring. I think it's really nice that Gunther comes out with Imperium. Like, he's proud of them. It is nice. When uh, when Braun and Ricochet came out, did you notice Braun's shirt? <laughs> no. What did I miss? Tell me. I just started laughing so hard because the way he, like, yoked it, like, the straps were roughly, like, an eighth of an inch wide <laughs> each. Like, it was, like, the tiniest straps. I was like, gee, I wonder if he's going to rip that shirt off later because it was just, like... It was basically like tooth floss width of straps on his shirt. It was hilarious. You know, he's like, be a real shame if somebody ripped this shirt right off me. It's like, it sure would, Braun. It sure would. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure if he just like shrugged, they would have popped off. <laughs> he starts coughing and it's just all over. <laughs> <laughs> Poorly timed. So what what did you think about this uh, important match in the tournament? Um, so at the beginning of the match, I wanted to ask you, it felt like Imperium was feeling a little chicken to me, like, mm. which seemed unlike them because I yeah. don't know, they were both kind of like staying out of the ring at the start of the match, which didn't seem very Imperium like to me. And like, I don't know, it just didn't, they didn't feel like they were like fully themselves. Um, it f- yeah, I, th- I think it felt like it took them a minute. And I, I guess for me, it felt like we started off like, oh, no, he's a monster of all monsters. But then they kind of were like, no, he's a mere mortal man and we can do this. Yeah. Haven't they faced them before, though? Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely like, have. Do I'm they need sure. to come to terms with Braun Strowman again? Like, I guess have, like, like weekly amnesia. Each time you meet him, he is a new experience. Maybe. That could be. Maybe they, too, <laughs> were taken aback by the tiny straps and were wondering about the physics of it all. Like, does he want us to ruin his shirt? Will he be angry if we ruin his shirt? What are we getting into here? Um, I It did feel like, okay, so like through all this, I feel like Ricochet is getting kind of a push mm-hmm. and it makes me really happy because I feel like it's way overdue. Yes. Yeah. I have been wanting this for a long time. So very into this. Yes. Um, But I mean, it was, I mean, it was a good match. I, I didn't expect anything less than a good match from these gents. Absolutely. I um I really liked when Gunther gets kicked out for being an interfering turd, <laughs> although Ricochet is the one who started it. I was really surprised when they booted him. And I also I like that Braun just kind of like wandered after him, completely forgetting what a tag team <laughs> match is. It's like, dude, it's in the name of the event. It is a tag team championship contenders tournament. Get it together. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like all bets are off. It's just like there's no continuity with how rules are enforced. No. Who knows what makes up a tag team anymore? (laughs) So my husband raised a great point about this, that they're basically using uh, Freebirds rules for tag team matches, which is not something that you or I ever experienced. I don't know what that means. So there used to be a tag team. Michael Hayes was in it, and I don't know anyone else who is. And they were called the Fabulous Freebirds. Oh, yeah, I've heard that name. And there were three of them, I think. And basically, they defended the tag team titles in whatever configuration they felt like. That's amazing. So we are in an era of Freebirds rules. That's great. I don't hate it. I think it's freeing, you know? Yeah. I do like the idea of them having 17 people on a tag team. (laughs) Right? It's like tag team division, polyamory style. You like decide your configuration. Yes. 
We also uh, started off strong this week with Wade Barrett's commentary when he called uh, Braun Strowman Meat Mountain. Oh, God. Did he say that? I missed it. He did. He said Meat Mountain. Why, Wade? Why? I'm starting to think he's just awful, but I still love him the same. I wonder if he's like, well, you won't let me use my World War II references. (laughs) All I can talk about. Call him Meat Things. I've taken my history. All I've got left is my love of meaty men slapping meat. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I'm afraid I've got some ground beef for (laughs) you. Is he man or is he burger? He's he's man. He's definitely man. He is a man. There was also, I mean, not to skip to the end, but I were you happy with the outcome of this match? Was it what you wanted? I mean, yeah, I would rather have Braun and Ricochet win, which is nice. I mean, I wouldn't have been, like, mad, I don't think, if Imperium won, but I find it interesting because, so now, Braun and Ricochet are supposed to face the Usos. Right. But the one half of the Usos... <laughs> Are MIA, and the other part that wrestled before is out. So, like, is are, like, is the match even going to happen? Are they just going to lose their titles? Like, I have so many questions. It feels like if their epic reign was ever to come to an end, this is the time to right. And I, yep, I keep wondering if they'll do something where like. What if Sammy shows up and takes Jimmy out of commission and is like, you and me, we're doing it again. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, he and Jay technically were the last successful defenders of that title. So. That's true. That was the thing I was wondering about. So I'm just now it seems sort of unfair to me if they could just swap out a champ. Right, like, right. But they, I guess they have already defended it together once, right? Was that a title defense? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty was. sure it was. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's that's interesting to think less. about. I wonder if they allowed it before because of the Bloodline Alliance, and now that neither of them might be, now that either of them might not be aligned with the Bloodline, it seems like that would like void the title altogether, and like. <laughs> So they're taking away the Usos title. They're going to take away Roman Reigns title at WrestleMania. They're just like changing it all up. That's my theory. We've destroyed all of the social contracts that held all of this together. I mean, there's no rules in the WWE. There aren't. It's you do what feels right. Exactly. Anything else about this match before we uh No. On? No, I'm just excited to talk about more stuff. Well, that's actually all we had this week. So thank <laughs> you for listening. <laughs> uh, we're going to skip ahead a little tiny bit to uh, something that takes place outside the arena, outside the structures of the WWE itself. We are in the lead up to Clash at the Coliseum, which I learned on Friday is a car racing thing. Yeah, I didn't know that that's what that was either. And for whatever reason, the New Day and the Judgment Day, I guess if your uh, tag team ends in day, <laughs> you are somehow involved in NASCAR. It's fascinating. So I found this really funny. Like, I didn't know yes. who those NASCAR dudes were. I don't watch NASCAR, but 
Um, we did see that uh, Ray apparently beat Dom as a child. <laughs> Finally, what we've all been waiting for is confirmed. <laughs> he spanked Spanking his child. Does not. Doesn't improve discipline. No. Um, so, I mean, Ray, you know, I don't know. You might have to kind of reevaluate some of your parenting. Looking back on little Dom. Uh, and then I, s- I thought Finn looked really stupid in his bucket hat. I don't know inc- what Finn is doing lately. He looked incredibly stupid. It's like, is there a point when you're really good looking that you're just like, screw it. I can do what I want and people will accept it. Is that where he is? I think so. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know if he's trying stuff. I don't know if his spouse is like, let's try out some different hats on you, Finn. And then he just goes with it because he's sweet and like, (laughs) maybe he has no fashion sense. And he's just like, I don't know. People give me advice and I go with it. Who knows? You know, he's open to trying new things. He's in his hats era. He might just not be a hat guy. Yeah. I There's people that's... who don't look good in hats. Which do you think is better, the hat or the mask? The mask. Yeah, I agree with you. 100%. Because the, the mask is just kind of like, huh? Whereas the hat, it's like, ugh. That, I think that's the perfect encapsulation of what I'm seeing here. It's rough. So when this started, I was so excited because I was like, holy shit, we're going to fast and furious it right here. They're going <laughs> to race for, for dominance. And then lo and behold, it turns out that like myself, Dominic Mysterio only has two references for car racing, the Fast and the Furious and Talladega Nights. <laughs> yeah, his trash talk was not stellar. <laughs> it was terrible. I was also really concerned that Ray was driving in his mask. I was like, how are you going to be able to see anything when you're driving that car, sir? <laughs> Feels very unsafe. I wanted to know how fast they were going. I bet they were going like a good 40, 50 miles around that track. Oh, yeah. Like real grandma speeds. <laughs> like, Which I was wondering if the drivers with them were just like, Jesus Christ, this is so <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> the fact that Dominic kept asking, where's the NOS, was just like killing me oh god i didn't hear him say that yeah so i mean in all the fast and the furious movies that's how you uh yeah scoot ahead to get over the finish line is the nitrous oxide in the car i guess i didn't realize it was pronounced nos every time i've ever seen it it's like nose (laughs) no s Uh, well Uh, you taught me today if you were a connoisseur of this franchise like I am, you would know that it's Nas. <laughs> well, that makes me think you'd really be endeared by his references. No, I. Uh, so I feel like where you were groaning, I was like, yeah, it's about family, <laughs> Dom. You're right. It's 100% about family. Like in this moment, you are Dominic Mysterio Toretto. Maybe that is his name. What if it was? He is. He is not worthy enough to stand in Dom Toretto's shadow. Oh, look, shots fired. Dominic Toretto is one of the greatest fictional men who has ever lived. Wow. Okay. Ever. Do you Um, have a paper title for this? I don't because (laughs) it's not academic, man. It's in my heart. Like he's all about family. No man left behind. Equal opportunity for women on his crew as long as they are his girlfriend or his sister. (laughs) I mean, it just sounds pretty equal. It's, he's the shit, you know, and I'll take, I will, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, this is the hill I will die on. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I have no argument, so I'm just listening to what you have to say. To be fair, though, I mean, Dom also did insinuate that he pissed excellence that morning, so his reference he game was very strong. did. That seemed like... Didn't that moment seem a little weird? I don't know. I mean, obviously they could have edited it out, so it probably wasn't a big deal. But it just seemed very uncharacteristic of, like, WWE banter. I don't know. It was strange to me. I wonder if there was a debate afterwards. He's like, it's from Talladega Nights. And I'm like, yeah, it was still awkward, man. I mean, sometimes your movie references are still awkward. I knew that was from something. Yeah. And then... uh you know, it turns out that Dom does not have what it takes on the racetrack. Well, I mean, does that surprise anybody? But did it surprise you when he threw his helmet at his father afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> he can't go the distance. He cannot. He cannot go the distance. <laughs> so, yeah, this was this was pretty near and dear to my heart. I thought this was one of the like, peak moments of the night. It was pretty great. I uh, was not expecting to be delighted in the way that I was. It's funny, like, you know, I never thought of us as NASCAR people, but maybe now. I will say one thing that blew my mind is that, like, I knew they crawled in the window, you know, to sit down. But I had no idea that they then attached the steering wheel after they were sitting in the seat. No, that was crazy. I don't understand that at all. I was like, what's happening? I know they have to make it take up like as little space as possible, but good lord. Those things, I don't know. I don't know how people do it. It just seems like a death trap to me. It's so scary. It seems miserable. You could not pay me to get in there. No. Not even if I had to like race a family member to establish dominance and prove I might race Dominic just so I could beat him. (laughs) And then I'd throw my helmet at him. He does have all that go-kart experience, so I mean he might be hard to take out. (laughs) He's like throwing bananas red turtle shells at me yes so it was hard to move on from this kind of moment (laughs) but we did have coming up next Sonya Deville facing Charlotte for the Smackdown women's title and I wanted to ask you like how did you feel about all this I think I just find it strange that Sonya just keeps getting chance after chance for this like don't they have some other stuff they could throw in here like I feel like this feels like a weird placeholder thing to get to elimination chamber like there's a lot more wrestlers on the roster that Charlotte could be wrestling and like establishing dominance than like just dragging poor Sonya out week after week to lose to her all the time I think that is a really good encapsulation of this it kind of for me illustrates one of the issues with starting the road to Wrestlemania and basically being like, well, this person will face this person at WrestleMania. It's like, okay, well, we've still got two, three months that we got to fill up. You know, like, we, yeah. we can't just skip to WrestleMania. So what are you going to do with that time in between? Yeah. Like, did they establish anything for Elimination Chamber for Charlotte that I'm not remembering? Uh, yeah, she, no, I'm sorry. I don't think they did. Okay. And if they did. I would assume she's doing something. I don't know. Maybe it's later in my notes and it was so unenthusing that I forgot about it. Because all the, wait, am I imagining this? No, no. Okay. I was, I was thinking that, wait, 
No, never mind. I was thinking that everything was on Raw, but it, this is SmackDown. I don't know. So she's probably not. She's not going to be involved in Elimination Chamber. Yeah. I don't know. I I get that she has to defend the title now and then, but I'm not sure why it has to be Sonya every time, or why they aren't having like other people face each other to get a chance at Charlotte. It just seems kind of strange. No, I agree. It it feels like this is really going nowhere. And I'm frustrated for everyone involved. And it feels low stakes to me because of that. It feels very low stakes. Yeah. It just feels like foregone conclusion. Charlotte's just going to keep winning everything. Exactly. that interesting. So it just doesn't matter. Yeah. So after we um, get through this extremely low stakes experience... We switch right back to the highest of high stakes. We have the bloodline backstage and everyone is so sad. Everybody's so sad and Roman is doing the thing that he's very good at doing, which is making his problem everybody else's problem. Like he's like demanding why, like where, my gosh, sorry. He's demanding to know like, what Jay's doing and nobody knows. And he's like, why don't you guys know? <laughs> like, he's making it everybody else's problem. I felt like he was seconds from like, call your parents house. Yeah. It's like, no, we're not. And I feel like Jimmy like usually doesn't push back too much. And maybe it's just me reading too much into it, but it felt like Jimmy was a little frustrated. Like, no, I haven't talked to him. Yeah. I mean, ultimately Jay is Jimmy's brother. Roman is not right. his brother. So I feel like and Jimmy's going to come down on the side of Jay at some point. Especially because Jay treats him a lot better. He does. Roman's a D-bag. I also, I really liked, he's trying to stir shit like, don't you think that's a little disrespectful? He doesn't care enough to communicate with us. It's like, nobody wants to talk to you because you're awful, my dude. That's where we are. Yeah. Twin. Where's the other twin? Thing one and thing two. <laughs> Humpty and Dumpty. Where? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Dumb and dumber. You can decide which is which. What were the Muppets? Oh, shoot. Do you mean the old men? No, that was... No, um... They were brother and sister, and Scooter and Skeeter. Scooter and Skeeter, yes! <laughs> I think they were brother and sister. I think they were, too. So, my favorite part is when Roman makes Jimmy and Solo go look for Jay. Yeah. Like, wh- <laughs> is he going to be, like, hiding somewhere, like, in a in a crate? He was behind the couch the whole time. What a card. You guys thought I was a lamp. You didn't even see me. It was amazing. (laughs) He's wearing some like high tech indoor camouflage. So he just blends in with one of the posters in the hallway. He's made himself look like wallpaper. (laughs) So, I mean, it feels like we're really kind of setting the bloodline tone here. Like everyone is upset. No one is happy. Mm-hmm. And Jay is just like, he's not going to do it. No. Jay's fed up. Did you, I mean, not to get too far ahead of us, but did you expect him to show up at some point? Yes. 
I did. I I always expect him to show up. Like at the end of the Royal Rumble when he was like walking away looking devastated. Like I legit expected him to like turn around and go back and help. Like I always expect Jay to just pop in out of nowhere. It seems like Jay has an avoidant attachment style. Aw. Yeah. Come back, Jay. Come back. You don't need to you don't need to avoid this situation. You need to uh just take over the bloodline and set it on the right path. That'd be Stand incredible. Up for Sammy. It really would be. I know. I wonder what the holidays are going to so, be like this year. Better or worse than the Mysterio household? <laughs> what do you think? Maybe worse. <laughs> I don't know. Based on now, probably much worse. Maybe uh, Ray will invite Jimmy and Jay and Solo and Sammy to his house and Dominic and Roman will have to have Thanksgiving together. Oh, Roman would be so annoyed. <laughs> you know what? I have to be honest. I don't think Roman Reigns has done anything to deserve that. Probably not. <laughs> so after this extremely emotional moment, we go back to the SmackDown Tag Team Championship Contenders Tournament, and we've got the Brawl and Brutes and the Viking Raiders. Fight and night. And I thought, I'm sorry. sorry I talked right over you. I yelled fight night. I was just being obnoxious. <laughs> it's not obnoxious. It was fight night, and I should have recognized that. It's okay. It's important. Um, Wade Barrett started this off <laughs> with, I thought, one of his more poetic moments. He said, the Viking Raiders are apparently on a mission to satiate the hunger of their ancient Norse gods. Wow. I totally missed that. Yeah. Well, you know, I hang on his every word. I know. I think sometimes <laughs> his words just, like, operate at a vibration that I can't pick up. Do you think that you might have a well-developed bullshit filter? No, I think I just don't understand how to, like, pay attention to more than one thing at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I just miss things. So there is a moment I wanted to ask you about. At one point, Valhalla kind of gets up in Butch's face. Did you think he looked like he was ready to do some intergender wrestling? I think so a little bit, right? Because he's kind of smallish. Yeah, he's not a big dude. And uh, I think she could probably snap him in half. I mean, she does have the power of those hungry Norse gods behind her, so. (laughs) She does. Or she could just gore him (laughs) with her antlers. (laughs) He'd, like, try to do joint manipulation on one of her antlers, and she'd be like, what are you doing? That doesn't doesn't hurt. Horn manipulation is not a thing when they're not your actual horns. That would be funny. Um, would you be disappointed if our first intergender wrestling was not rear? Well, it won't be our first because you already saw her do some of this. But yeah. if our first like real foray into intergender wrestling with a rivalry wasn't Rhea, would you be disappointed? Yes and no. Mm. Yes, because I want to see Rhea. No, because I would like it advanced however we need to advance it in a positive way, obviously. Not in some stupid, maybe... 90s era 2000s era wwe gimmick but in actual you know what am i trying to say not forwarding Mm, advancing thank you advancing another wrestler's like another female wrestler's career i think would be worth it yeah i i think there would be a little part of me that was like no but then a bigger part of me that was like yes 
Exactly. Like, I definitely want it to be Rhea because I feel like she has just, like, pushed for it so much. It would feel Mm -hmm. also just kind of storyline-wise a little strange that, like, out of nowhere it's like, hey, unless they obviously built up to it. But right, maybe they're teasing that with all these kind of moments. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I feel like maybe they're they're testing the waters a little. Yeah. Like, how do people react? What are they expecting? Yeah. What if Were Candace you... and Johnny wrestled each other? That would be amazing. It would be. That It'd would be, be like amazing. the cutest match. We would have to call it like a dissolution of the nuclear family match, <laughs> and it would be sponsored by Legal Zoom because they'll do a divorce for like five hundred bucks. <laughs> and pa- Mountain Dew pitch black. Yes. Mountain Dew legal pitch black zoom. (laughs) You work up a powerful thirst when you are destroying your marriage in the ring. It's true. I feel like they could cut some really good promos about who gets to keep Padme and who gets baby wrestling. What's Padme? Their dog. um, Their dog's name is Padme, like uh, Padme from... Star Wars. That's so cute. It's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> They're really adorable. I know. I wish they could come be our friends. Yeah, I think like on my list of wrestling couples who'd be super fun to hang out with, they are also right up there at the Absolutely. top. Absolutely. I agree. Were you um what do you what do you think about the outcome here? Disappointed? Yes, that? yes, I was disappointed. <laughs> um Well, okay. I like Valhalla more than I like Eric or Ivar. Fair. So fair. She's like sexy and mysterious. I like her more too. So like, I know they're a package deal and like that's not even part of the package, but um, I feel like I still feel just kind of bad for Butch and Ridge. Like I feel like they just yeah. kind of were like, bye guys. <laughs> kind of left in the dirt a little bit. Um, yeah. But... It's Viking Raiders time. I understand that. It does feel like it's their moment, but I I like Valhalla the most too because she's spooky and cool. And I also feel bad for the brutes. Do you, in that vein, do you think that Ridge Holland likes it when Wade Barrett calls him Big Ridgey? No. I don't think so he either. He shouldn't. If he does, great, but I don't think he should. Like... I think if you called me Big Jazzy a lot, I would... <laughs> Wait, no, what am I saying? I would be so into that. I would be so into that. Big Jazzy. I'm going to try to remember that. Yeah, please, uh, next week, when it's your turn to talk us in, please Okay, remember that. I will, Make a note. I will really try. If I had my sticky notes here, I'd write one, but I don't. Big so... Jazzy. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I know you were a little bummed at the outcome of the match. I know. But then something happened at the end that I would imagine you were a little more excited about. A Scottish ray of sunshine appeared. Mm-hmm. And a moonbeam, I guess, I don't know, Seamus is very bright. He's like moon bright, so I guess he's the moonbeam. It's a dollop of mayonnaise. He's so white. <laughs> I was very happy to see them. Yay. Me too. I'm glad that, like... Maybe they had to drop out of the tournament, but they are not letting this go. Nor should they. Wait. Nor should they. (laughs) They're not going to take the Saxon invasion lying down. They're not. Not at all. Yeah. Is Um, this going to go somewhere or is it just like, oh, we beat you up now? 
I don't know. So that's what I'm really curious about. Like, are we just kind of biding time because we don't have anything else for them to do? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be some sort of reversal where I guess so if dep- who do you think is going to win when we have these contenders go on to face the Usos? Like, who do you see if the Usos lose the titles? Who's coming out on top if you had to I'm trying to remember all of the contenders. I would. I don't. So my understanding is we're just down to these two. Seamus and Drew and the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders and Ricochet and. Oh, right. Braun yeah. Strowman. I, yeah. I see Braun and Ricochet more able to beat the Usos than the Viking Raiders. I feel like. Skill wise, they're more. I don't want to say matched, but it feels like they're very similar in some of their stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So that's my assumption too: is it's going to be them. Yeah, and then maybe that leaves like we want to keep the tag division hot and not just focus on the people with the titles. So maybe that leaves kind of like a backup rivalry. With the Vikings and, you know, the two brutes who are not the main brutes. The sub brutes. The sub brutes. Or I guess, like, are Drew and Seamus the alpha brutes or the sub brutes? They've got to be the, the beta alpha brutes. brutes. Come on. Right? Like, they're the alpha brutes. Right? They're like, yeah. Yeah, like, they're, they're leading the brute pack. They're the brute force. Mmm. Mm, very good. They're the... <laughs> Brute cologne. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the things that have brute. They're the fruit brutes. Uh, Remember that fruit brute cereal? Yes. Yes, I do. But I never had it. We couldn't have fun cereal. No, in my we house. couldn't either. So sad. We were abused children. <laughs> Seriously. Do you, um, two things before we move on from this one have you noticed that drew has this sort of uniform that i have dubbed his drew uniform that he wears his jeans and black shirt his jeans and his black tank top yeah drew i'm a big fan <laughs> i'm a big fan of the drew uniform it works for him he looks like he's kind of like always could like always be in some sort of film as like bulky dude number five and he could fit yeah. like any era from like the 70s through now utilitarian Mm -hmm. and then also did you notice that when drew took off his shirt he got maybe the pop of the night people got from the crowd (laughs) people were ready i just think it's really funny when like everything's done and then they take their shirt off it's like like why are you doing that exactly like you're not uncomfortable in your shirt is it for the ladies, Drew, and the gents who also admire your physique? As always, it's for the girls, the gays, and the theys. I mean, that's so funny. I don't know if Do we ever it? get, you know, famous enough to be on a stage somewhere. I don't think I'm going to be taking off any of my clothing. I'll that's just add more. Sorry. You dress in layers, so. I'll just wear so much clothing. I'll just keep putting it on. <laughs> People cheer, you put on a sweater. They cheer more, you put on a hat. Everybody like this coat, huh? 
socks on socks on socks. <laughs> Be so cozy. It made me think of, you know how there's a lot of TikToks recently with <laughs> the big boy song from Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Um, it made me think that if I knew how to make a TikTok, I would make one with Drew taking off his shirt to that sound. Yeah. That would make yeah. sense. That might exist somewhere. I hope it does. You know, Drew, it's cuffing season and you got to do your part, man. It's just lots of clips of him <laughs> running out in his kilt. Ten best. Uh, thrusting his sword arm into the air and accidentally le- releasing the sword. That's the dream, right? That's one that of my one worst day fears. It was flying into the heavens. <laughs> so it's your fear. It's my dream. We are very different people. I just really worry about someone getting murdered with that sword. So uh, speaking of someone getting murdered, we had a little recap of the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match, but that transitioned into the only Bray content we get this week. It was literally like, I don't know, not even 10 seconds. I don't even know how long it was. He's just rocking in his chair. Well, you know, he gets tired. And then what? We see Uncle Howdy for two seconds. We had a little jump scare action. Mm -hmm. Which, did that frighten you at all? I guess it startled me i was like oh but i mean i wasn't like oh i peed a little or anything (laughs) yeah i i kind of don't understand the point of that whole thing were they just like hey don't forget this storyline gang what if dad was like look we have to have you on the show but we are all still pretty annoyed at how things played out at the rumble so that's it you sit in your chair and you think about what you did yeah no man los angeles night you don't even show your face he's going roman reigns on them (laughs) sometimes you have to i mean to be fair the portion of my letter dedicated to that match was very very stern i'm I'm glad i'm glad someone's trying to keep them in line just trying to speak up thank you i don't want to rush you through this uh segment because i mean it it was deep in meaning with the chair and the jump scare. Was there anything else about <laughs> Uncle Howdy and Bray that you no. wanted to touch on before we... No, I'm fine leaving it in the dust. <laughs> Which is exactly what happened. We moved on from this very confusing, very brief segment to the Women's Elimination Chamber Fatal 4-Way Qualifying Match where we had Shotzi in her tiny tank. I love that tank. We had Natalia, Shayna Baszler, and Zelina. I have a couple of questions for you. Oh my gosh. I, I have some questions for you, but would you like to go first? Yes. How do we feel about Natalie's hats that she's been wearing? Natalia's hats, excuse me. I mean, I think the thing is when there's a hat in professional wrestling, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> it's a it's not a great hat. It's not a great look for her. I there's one hat in WWE that I really approve of. And it's Brock Lesnar's hat. Oh, his cowboy hat? Yeah, I love his little cap with a feather in it. I think it's great. He wears it with a plum. I feel like John Cena's hat was fine because it was like a baseball cap. That's true. Sergeant Slaughter's hat was apropos. Right. Mission appropriate. But like Finn, Natalia, who else has been wearing some hats lately? That might be it. They're just not doing it. I think. I think if you want to wear a hat... You need to submit photos of your hat 
and an explanation for how the hat fits your character two weeks in advance, and then your hat is either approved or denied. Submit to us, by the way, not to the Yeah, WWE, no. To us. Skip right over Dad. He has no freaking idea what's going on. He doesn't. Wow. What, bucket hats are cool. As, you know, I remember the 90s. It was fun. <laughs> um, okay, so my other question. Okay. So have you looked kind of... You know where they show like the graphic, like here's who's in the showdown for the elimination chamber, you know, like the slot for elimination chamber. So the fatal four way. Have you like taken a good look at Nikki Cross's picture in that? It's terrifying. She looks like it, like a bonkers <laughs> Anna Paquin. Like, ooh, in this, yeah. she looks like, yeah, she, it looks like Anna Paquin. It's really weird. I feel like. I don't know if you saw the movie Smile when it came out over the summer. I did not. But do you remember the advertising campaign for Smile with the woman pulling the like really terrifying wide smile with the dead eyes? Kind of, like, crazy yeah. eyes, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she looks like that was her audition headshot for Smile and she didn't make it, but they weren't going to let it go to waste. <laughs> I'm like, Nikki, what? That's too scary. That's scarier than Uncle Howdy. She's great. She is pretty great. I wish she would lurk around the background of my life. It's so funny. Did this did this match surprise you in any way? The outcome or anything else about it? Uh, I thought okay, I feel like it probably would have been down to Natalia and Shayna as possible winners. I don't I don't see Zelina moving on. I feel like Zelina is like a prop at this point. It's kind of strange. Um, yeah, she's in that manager role right now. She's a manager, and then they just like throw her in here and there. She's like a video game character advertisement or just, you know, <laughs> a filler. Shotzi, I don't know. I, I mean, Shotzi's fine, but I was a little, like, I in my head, I was like, oh, Natalia's going to win this, but then I was also a little surprised that she won. I was very surprised that she won because I feel like we only bring her out to be a body in these things. Yeah. But then I remembered we're going to Canada next month. Yeah. And we got a pander to Canada. We're going to be serving Tim Hortons. Yeah. We're going to have maple syrup on everything and we're going to have Natalia in a pay-per-view match. Yeah. So I, I, did, I was like, oh, and then yeah, Montreal. So. Yeah. But I didn't find this match particularly remarkable in any way. I thought it was fine. I really liked the the code red that Zelina does. I think is a really cool move. Mm -hmm. It makes me sad that she's kind of in that placeholder position. Yeah. Yeah, she has some neat stuff that she does, which was kind of fun to see because she didn't really get to do anything in the Rumble. Mm -mm. Uh, except excellent cosplay. <laughs> yes. Cosplay win, a wrestling lose. But, Agreed. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, this this didn't, like, blow me out of the water or anything. I really thought it was going to be Shayna Baszler, but it, it makes sense for logistical reasons why it wasn't. I agree. So, after we did our qualifying match, no surprises, we come back to the bloodline because the drama never ends. It's like a weekly soap opera. Whenever you tune in, something upsetting is happening with the bloodline. And uh, I laughed really hard when Paul Heyman said, I'm sorry, my tribal chief. Jay's phone goes straight to voicemail. <laughs> I don't know why. That really got me. 
It's uh, I love that they keep calling him as if he's actually going to pick up at some point. He's like, I was showering. What? Maybe on the 348th call, he'll pick up. <laughs> I also, I like that Roman is kind of circling the wagons here. Like, he's telling Jimmy that he loves him yep. and he's sorry and he needs him. It's like, my dude. He's really gross. I mean, he's doing a great job at being really gross, but it's totally like, I'm sorry that I was a dick earlier. So, are you going to help me out or what? Because, like, it's WrestleMania season, and... This is what we do during WrestleMania season, okay? I get mad, then I apologize, and we get back together. I cannot go to wrestling prom alone. I am the head of the table. So. (laughs) So, like, what's it going to be, guys? Yes or no. Um, do you think that we are to understand that when he says these things to Jimmy, that Jimmy believes him? Or do you think we're at a point where everyone is just like, you're kind of full of shit? It's my hope that that's where everybody is. That They're just like, okay, dude, I feel like that's I. I feel like Solo is just like in it to win it. Yeah. And then the Usos are just kind of like, this was fun for a while, but I don't really like it anymore. I want to get off the ride. I think it might make sense. Because I've been trying to think about who will be the last loyal follower of Roman Reigns. And it makes more sense for me for it to be Solo because Mm -hmm. he's trying to establish himself, right? Like he's the youngest, he's the newest. Yeah. You know, the island of relevancy probably... He needs relevancy more than everybody else. Yeah. He just seems like he likes also to beat pe- beat people up and hanging out with Roman's a good way to do that. Absolutely. Like there's always going to be a time when Roman's like, could you murder that random person for me? Exactly. Thumb him. Thumb him right now. <laughs> what, uh... What do you think about him, like, buying a Roman getting them food? Do you think it was maybe gas station sushi? Because <laughs> I, I was like, are you trying to poison them? Is this gas station sushi? Why are you Why are you feeding everybody? I had forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, guys, you got to go to the bus. There's, like, steaks and sushi. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. There's, like, a full buffet. <laughs> I ordered all this food. Don't let it go to waste. <laughs> you guys like California rolls? That's the only sushi I know. I like cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's the only sushi I'll eat, so no judgment for me. I'm not judging. I'm just saying he likes cream cheese. You like what you like. <laughs> I thought that it was kind of weird that, like, is it okay if I talk about him being in the ring talking? Yeah, of course it is. Let's skip right ahead. So I thought it was kind of weird that he like, I don't know if, I don't know if it's weird, but like when he's talking to the audience and he's like, he starts calling the audience greedy. Mm-hmm. I found that sort of, I don't know if I say beneath him, but the idea was like, Like, I like the idea of the tribal chief being this guy who comes out and he's like, everybody acknowledge me. And, like, 
then he just that's it he doesn't think about the audience past that like they've acknowledged him they clap for him yay and then that's like all he needs and i thought yeah like i think that's like super he's like indifferent to them which is what i think is very healy but then he's like you guys just take 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 and i was like i don't know that you need to do this roman you're already like pretty healed up and like that's a like that's a good thing like everybody hates you the most the only people that are more hated than you right now are dominic mysterio and logan paul yeah and maybe a town clown maybe Ooh, yeah that's a good point can he really compete with our hate for austin theory no absolutely not <laughs> He's also, though, kind of a sentimental favorite, so. That's true. It's true. I do, I did like when he said that, uh, you know, the fans were simple, because I kind of agree with that. I am simple. <laughs> I feel like he gets me. I have simple wants and simple needs. I think, though, compared to what we get, our wants and needs are probably pretty complex. <laughs> It's like, look, I just need a full-on romance now and then. Just let my imagination win. And it doesn't happen. Not saying that every storyline has to be romantic, but a couple storylines could be romantic. But, like, why don't we just push the envelope a little bit and make them all romantic? Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Pedro Pascal is really popular right now. I feel like part of the reason he's super popular is because a bunch of weirdos on the internet like you and me really pushed for him to be popular. So if you listen to the weirdos on the internet like Jazzy A, Big Jazzy, Mm -hmm. and myself, Lil Jill, (laughs) gross. (laughs) This is going to be the last episode (laughs) of this podcast. I have broken one of the cardinal rules of Dr. Jill's friendship. (laughs) Um. I don't know. It just seems like, yeah, it just seems like he didn't really have to do all that stuff, but I get it. I mean, right? Like that's the, that's like heel handbook 101, uh, insult the audience. Well, and I guess like he's not going to listen to the weirdos. He's going to go his own way. He's going to continue to feel really, really put upon, you know. There's no coming back for him. He's going to have to go away for a long time before he can be anybody except this mess that he is right now. It's true. I wonder if he's like hoping to take a break or something. Maybe. I, th- I think he kind of deserves it. He's done a lot. And uh, I-, I think Sammy wanted to help him get the break because Sammy was there and he was ready to take Roman on in the moment. I love that he came like flying in in his hoodie, like with his hood up, like he was secret Sammy. I don't like no one will know who I am, guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's like wh- I, the thought that I had when he was, you know, when he came in and like people were just like losing their minds because they were so excited to see Sammy. It felt like, I don't know, however many years ago when um, Daniel Bryan was like, crazy huge like yeah the overest over that ever overed that's where sammy is right now like sammy's always been pretty over but i feel like this is like next level over it's at a fever pitch right now and i i think this goes back to what you were saying about listen to the weirdos like yes. we are the weirdos are clamoring 
for Sami Zayn, just like they were clamoring for Daniel Bryan, like give the people what they want. That's like New Day is super successful because they get to be themselves and everybody loves it because they get to be goofy weirdos. Mm hmm. So Sammy, it looks like is not going to be content just to physically get his vengeance. Sammy wants a match at Elimination Chamber in Montreal. He is coming for the titles. He is coming for the titles. He is coming to take back all that has been taken from him. What do you think Sammy's chances are at Elimination Chamber in Montreal? I mean, I don't know. I would love it if he won. Again, Canadian. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it would be like the ultimate badass thing if he could unseat Roman. Like the ultimate Absolutely. betrayal, triumph, etc. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much they really want to save him for Cody. So that that was my thing. And I think it goes back to something we were talking about before. Like we know that as of today, it's Roman versus Cody at WrestleMania. So like... How much do we believe that Sammy is going to disrupt this? And for me, I think about how much better could it have been if Sammy was like, this isn't about the titles. Like, this is about everything I gave up for you, and now I'm going to take it back. I'm going to destroy what you built. Yeah, now it just seems more like revenge for revenge sake. Yeah, it, it feels like if you have Sammy go after him, in a title match and lose that you're kind of like, well, that was a good job, Sammy, but you're buried now. Yeah. If that happens, that's going to be the worst. Like I would much rather see them go head to head in a non title, like really brutal, really emotional match where even if there's no clear victor, that it feels like Sammy kind of held his own and got the revenge. He so richly deserves. Maybe that'll be what happens in this match. I mean, maybe they'll, and it's not a no DQ match, right? So it could be that maybe Sammy does something to just get disqualified or Roman does. I think that's very possible, especially if Solo like shows up to help. Yeah. And then it could I, just I mean, be I, about that. It's going to be very interesting to see how everyone breaks down in the bloodline, where allegiances finally come out you know and what happens between now and then because we got time yeah we have quite a bit of time yeah it's it's weird like it's weird to think about there being this fixed point with cody and roman because it feels like there's so much that can happen in between now and then well and they we could talk about that a little later on too yeah are you are you ready to move on and get raw was there anything else smackdowny no i'm ready to raw it up Oh, I like Raw Up. Raw Dog. It. So, uh, Raw kicks off in a way that I know you approve of. Absolutely. With friends of the show, Edge and Beth Phoenix. So delightful. Did you? So, did you see on um, Edge's Instagram after the Rumble? He like posted that photo where he had his hand on Beth's butt. Yes. And he was like, "Oh, you caught me." So then the opening of that was just a bunch of him playing with Beth's butt. 
I like, too, that the last time he went in for the butt, she just gave him this glare, like the mom glare. It was really funny. She's like, it's not funny anymore, okay? I love their love. It's pretty funny. I love their love, too. They are also high at the top of those list of couples that would be really cool to hang out with. Maybe we could (laughs) round up Seth and Becky, Edge and Beth, Candace and Johnny, and I'll go down to Applebee's. For an appetizer platter. <laughs> I really love that. Seth and Becky could get us the hookups. Mm-hmm. And we would be like, Becky, you're not getting a salad. For okay? Get some cheese sticks. I mean, if you really want that salad, go for it. Right. I mean, if greens are what you're craving, but... But have you had a cheese stick? <laughs> <laughs> have you tried one of those, like, fried egg roll things they have mm-hmm. they used to have this macaroni and cheese that had like a honey barbecue chicken strip thing on top of it I'd, I'd recommend that wholeheartedly a single strip no I mean, it was like a couple oh okay you know, it was like a selection <laughs> of chicken strips I just imagined a chicken strip just like tossed onto a bed of mac and cheese i was like that seems sad and weird like an That's accident somehow more depressing more depressing than the salad it's like whoops this chicken strip fell on here i guess we have to leave it now (laughs) it's a bonus (laughs) um (laughs) i really liked when edge kind of owned up that the judgment day was his fault yes it was really funny i really liked what he was saying i love when he was like oh and dom's there too (laughs) (laughs) so brutal (laughs) i can't get enough i can't get enough of it it's like, I have really nice things to say about all of these people, despite how they have hurt me. Yeah. Also, there is Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. I like when the crowd was like trying to chant, you still got it. And he's like, I never lost it, eh? He was on fire. Like, he was doing so much fan service when he came in. He was like hyped up. It was great. And then the, um, the Jamiroquai <laughs> was some virtual insanity for sure i love when he was like look it up kids yeah i i enjoy when people our age make references for us it's like yeah that's right gen z we are still here (laughs) and edge again advocated for child abuse when he was talking about Mm -hmm. how ray should have beaten him up as a child you know he's like i i would never lay a hand on my own children but my own children are not Dominic Mysterio, <laughs> the clearest case for child abuse I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, I'm almost to the edge of starting to feel bad for Dominic, but I'm not quite there yet. I think <sighs> Dominic is kind of like that stock character in like a kid show or a teen movie where he's the bad guy, but then you realize how pitiable he is. Yeah. Like, we should all just feel bad for him because his life is hard. Yeah, it feels like in that. jail. <laughs> I was sad that, you know, Rhea wasn't there. We learned that Mommy was traveling the world promoting WrestleMania. By visiting her family in Australia. <laughs> okay, but, like, what if she was like, Dom Dom, look, um, it's really sad. I have to go out and promote WrestleMania. And he's like, I can go with you. And she's like, no, 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 don't you worry. You stay here with the boys. They need you. 
that he's like, when am I going to meet your family, mommy? And she's like, oh, soon. Abs- you know, FaceTime doesn't work in Australia, so it's just really hard. <laughs> it, it runs backwards. <laughs> it's time face down there. So, you know, it's just a completely different situation. It just shows a clock. It's really frustrating. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine bringing in character Dominic Mysterio home to meet your parents? It would be unbelievable. <laughs> Maybe we'll be so treated just... to some sort of like video package where she's at home with her parents and they FaceTime with Dominic. Please put that in your letter. That's the most genius thing I've ever heard. And I am a hundred. That's the whole letter. That's all we're talking about this week. Like, I feel like they have time to do it. She's probably still there with them. So they just, you know, do it real quick. It doesn't have to be a long time. Just a quick little FaceTime. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> Is there her parents you know, would be like, why does he call you mommy? Was He was in jail, honey. Is, is that what? Only for a few hours. <laughs> like, Imagine all of this is in a really good Australian accent, though. And, like, the soundtrack from Crocodile Dundee is playing in the background. <laughs> I love that movie. Rhea has gone walkabout, and she has not invited Dom Dom to go with her. Oh, my God. This is the week we lose all of our Australian listeners. <laughs> So we did find, though, that even though mommy's not here, Mm -hmm. that Beth is ready to take on her and Finn with the help of her husband, Edge, at Elimination Chamber. I was a little disappointed at this, only because at first I thought she was going to say, like, Edge and me against, like, Finn and Dom, like, on tonight's show. Like, yes. Like Beth Phoenix doing intergender wrestling, not a regret in the world. I I am there for it. Um, but this will it'll still be a good match for uh, Elimination Chamber. But I was just like a little bit let down. Yeah, I I I feel you there. Like I really thought something was going to happen, but now I'm hoping that we will get some intergender action at the Elimination Chamber. Me too feels like it feels like we're pushing towards it i think she's just gonna like throw dom somewhere <laughs> into the she trash i hope him into the trash. <laughs> so uh you know things started to get spicy and then montez ford and angelo dawkins are here to save the day yes um and that transitions us right into our next segment where we have an elimination chamber qualifying match Damian Priest versus Angela Dawkins. Can I tell you one funny thing? When you the Street Profits came out and things. I was taking notes, I mistyped and wrote Streep Profits as in like <laughs> they're just like Meryl Streep impersonators or something. <laughs> that was really funny. I had to tell you about that. That's delightful. <laughs> Are they just like preach the good they're... word of Meryl Streep, like talk about her movies all the time? I think we know what they're doing for Halloween next year. If that came true, I would be so happy. I'm also going to put that in the letter. That's worth a line. So how did you how did you feel about this match? Tell me about your feelings. I like both of these wrestlers. I mean, they're both like tall dudes. So it was like a lot of like lankiness happening. Yeah. Um, 
I I mean, I like watching Angela Dawkins. I don't think he's as dynamic as Montez Ford. I think that's fair. I, think I it is. don't think he stood a chance against Damian Priest. That seemed sort of like not a squash match, but it just seemed kind of like, yeah, Damian Priest will probably win this. Yeah, I think this is one of those matches where I felt like I had a good handle on who was going to win. But they did a really good job telling the story that I so I could suspend yeah. my disbelief a little. I agree. Definitely. I think uh, Angela Dawkins' Swanton is really, really good. Very it's excited so to see good. the Swanton. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't fear for his neck when he did it. Everybody else, like, they rotate at the very last second. He was just like, no, I'm going to do a sweet flip midway. He was like, guys, PSA, you can do the Swanton and want to live. Yeah, it doesn't have to look like you're about to snap your body in half every time. Mm-mm. There was also this great moment at the end where Damien Priest winked at the camera. I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, I missed I, it. Um, <laughs> you know, I think this has been happening for a while. Have you ever, like, there's somebody you meet and at first you're not really attracted to them, but then over time they grow on you and you realize that now you're feeling it? Are we talking about, like, a real person or a fictional person? Either way. Either way. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I've had that with fictional probably more than actual people. <laughs> so I feel like that's me and Damien Priest where we started and I was like, yeah, he's he's a good wrestler. I like seeing him in the ring. And now I'm like, oh, it's Damien Priest. <laughs> it's a wow. thing now. Hi. It's a thing now. All right. I mean, it is definitely I think it's worthy. Thank you. Thank you for your support. That means a lot to me, especially as I have to look at my other uh, wrestling paramours commentary and think, can I really live with this? <laughs> you know, Damian Priest might flub his lines, but he never, ever, ever says anything weird about colonialism. I was so stressed out for him. <laughs> I know. It was so relatable. I was like, oh, this would be me. It would. I was like, my face would be bright red, though. Mm-hmm. I thought he played it off really well, though. He, he was did. like, I'm just, I'm full of hatred. Rage makes me forget my words. <laughs> I don't know why I had a southern accent. Well, when we're all angry, we all get a little southern. That's fair. Which will actually reminds me of something I want to ask you about later. Okay. Was there anything else about this match that you wanted to uh, dig into? No, I'm ready to move on. All right, well, something really, really exciting happened right after this. A-Town arrives, and he's got a really expensive rental car and a very tight shirt. Yeah, that, that's, like, not his car, right? Like, he couldn't afford that car, right? I mean, maybe he could afford that car, but I can't imagine he drives it from city to city. I can't, I can't imagine that either. It's like Night Rider. He just drives around the country in between wrestling shows, solving crimes and helping people. That would make me almost like him. That would make him much cooler than he is right now. It really would. I still don't know if it would endear me to dear him to endear him to me, but maybe. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would have a grudging respect for him at that point. I did like how he thought that gentleman was a valet, and that gentleman was not a valet. <laughs> He's such a dickbag. Like he's just a goober. It's like go park in the general lot like everybody else. I know. What where what city were they in? Do you remember? Oh man, I don't remember. Orlando. Oh yeah, they, they were in Orlando. Orlando. Okay. I was like, why yep. do you have the top down, you doofus? It's winter, but <laughs> it was Orlando. 
it's Florida winter. We also um, we have Maximum Male Models are mm-hmm. on Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. Do you see them like getting a push, getting a change? What do you What do you think is in the future for them? Well, they moved them to Raw, right? They were on SmackDown. Right. Yep. So maybe I don't know. Maybe they. I don't know. I think they could morph it into something better. Almost certainly. So I. <laughs> it could improve. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I I feel bad because they kind of come on and I just like check out. Well, we also had more of Chelsea Green and her shitty young Karen gimmick. Yeah, I'm so tired of her already. I know. I Like, I guess I get what they're trying to do with her, but I'm like, I am already exhausted by her. Yeah. 100%. I, She's like I, Sonya Deville with demanding chances at things, but like... Yeah. I don't know. It's not as irritating when Sonya Deville does it. Sonia Deville has a baseline of goodwill with me. This for sense. me is like, it's like how I feel about Lacey Evans. I'm just like, just go away. You are annoying the shit out of me. Ugh. Well, and we know that Lacey Evans is total garbage. So, right. We don't really. Know. I mean, I don't personally know anything about Chelsea Green. She could be a wonderful human being. Yeah, I don't know anything about her either. I had no idea who she was in the Royal Rumble. So, and then after we have. Chelsea swanning around backstage asking to speak to a manager or a manager's manager. <laughs> we have Baron Corbin with JBL, the wrestling god, uh, taking on Dexter Loomis, who brought his friend Johnny Gargano to the ring. I am always happy to see these two. They're really fun. Yeah, I really enjoy their sort of like odd couple friendship. Yeah. I don't think they demand anything of each other. They're just there for each other. Yeah. It's really nice when you can just find that person who lets you 100% be yourself. It is. It's like how I feel about you. It's like I'm fine with you carrying around your tiny silver hatchet. Right. You're fine with me creeping around, looking in people's windows and drawing pictures. Mm-hmm. No judgment, just uh, just a real strong bond. Just acceptance. I also, at one point, Corey Graves was like, Baron Corbin is in complete control of Dexter Loomis. And I was like, that feels like an exaggeration to me. Even Dexter Loomis does not appear to be in complete control of Dexter Loomis. No, I don't think anybody's in control of Dexter Loomis. I think he's ungovernable, truly. I wish every time he wrestled, he showed up with some new implement. Yes, like a mace, like a bigger axe. He'd be a clue game. Mm, throwing stars, nunchucks, just all kinds of candlestick, lead pipe. Lead pipe. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know about you, but for me, the highlight of this match wasn't necessarily anything that happened in the. Oh, there's a good match. Nothing wrong with the match at all. Yeah. But after this match, we have a confrontation that I feel like I've been waiting for. Um, yes. JBL just destroys Baron Corbin emotionally. Yeah, like, so after that match, because there was kind of a a gap between when the match ended and where we see the breakup, and I was like, boy, JBL does not look pleased. And I was like, is this the time we finally break up? And yeah, he was, he was mean. (laughs) I mean, like, unless there's a humiliation kink going on here, I just, like, I'd probably have to quit my job and never come back. 
I know. Too painful. Yeah, I felt a little bad for Baron Corbin, even though I'm not a fan. I did too. It's like, oh, I know this is a storyline, but it really hurts. <laughs> it's rough. There's also a really great moment for me. Um, you know, I like a good dadism. Yes. And uh, JBL employed one of my favorites when he looked Baron Corbin dead in the eye and said, you can't polish a turd. <laughs> I've heard you say that before. Now, in the house I was raised in, it was you can't shine a turd. Yeah. But the sentiment remains. Yeah. I- heartbreaking. <laughs> I was with Kevin. It was heartbreaking. I want someone to give that speech to A-Town Clown. What if JBL just goes around and tells wrestlers we don't like that they suck? I'd watch that show. Oh my gosh, if that was like an hour-long weekly show, you could not tear me away from it. Like, you get to vote each week on who you wanted to tell off. Mm-hmm. That'd be so fun. Like, honestly, he can even tell off people I do like. I, I just, he is a real premium tell-offer. He is, he's great. Um... <laughs> Where do you think this goes for them? Like, do you think they can, like, find their way back? Will there be a more dramatic confrontation, or is this the end? I don't know. Maybe it's the end. Maybe, maybe he, maybe um, Baron Corbin wanders off and like ends up with MVP or something. That you know, that could be a nice road to redemption for him. MVP knows a thing or two about walking it back from rock bottom. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't put in a lot of thought to it. I I mean, JBL kind of came back around because of Baron Corbin. Right. So I'm not sure. What do you think? Well, I wonder, I guess it depends on can J and would be, would JBL be willing to get in the ring again? Because if so, that has like elimination chamber pre-show match written all over it for me. Oh yeah. Like he wrestles Baron. Yeah. And then either, like, we completely grind Baron Corbin to paste or Baron Corbin reaches down real deep inside and redeems himself. Are we predicting a face turn? I don't think I'm predicting a face turn. I guess if I'm thinking about what I want. Okay. What I want is for Baron Corbin to go back to the only gimmick that has ever worked for him. He's like generic, violent a-hole. Yeah. Yeah. Moody, goth metal dude kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I think some people like a a real well-defined gimmick doesn't work and they're at their best when they're just kind of coming to the ring and having matches. I agree. So, moving ahead a little bit, um Brock Lesnar is with us. Oh boy, is he? I guess he's full-time now until WrestleMania, maybe? I guess he's mostly with Bobby Lashley. Yeah. And his wife? I mean, four to five hours a night, yeah. That was so gross. Can we can we talk about all the things that made me uncomfortable during this segment? It was so weird. Yes, go ahead. His little ponytail makes me uncomfortable. Yep. Um, his preference for referring to himself in the third person. I fucking hate that. I wrote it down. He talks about himself in the third person, and I hate it. So awful. Why was Brock Lesnar occasionally affecting a Southern accent during this promo? I had I was so confused by that. I don't get it. I was like, "You, sir, are from the Upper Midwest." Yeah, I didn't. I don't know what he's. I don't know what he's doing. 
Today, he lives in Saskatchewan. Does he really? It's like, what, are you in freaking southern Saskatchewan? Like, what is going on with you right now, Brock? <laughs> also, when he would say Bobby who, and he, I think he was trying to get people to say Lashley. Yeah. Because he was, would, like, pause. It was weird. It was all very oh, weird. I mean. It was all weird. I think he wasn't on the microphone for a long time because of these reasons. Well, there's a reason he used to be a Paul Heyman guy. Yep. Because, I mean, I mean, we'll see more of this later. I would rather listen to Paul Heyman talk for a thousand years. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> so this was just, this was a lot. I did think that Bobby looked dapper AF when he came to the ring. He did. He's always mm-hmm. stylish when he suits it up. And I think that's a look. It's one of those looks that could wear you. If you didn't have the confidence and the presence to wear it. He has the swag. He does. Like, he is a sharp-dressed man. And I really appreciate that in a world of Finn Balor's hats and whatever the hell it is that Brock Lesnar is doing with his weird ponytail. (laughs) I agree. Um, I thought it was kind of funny when, like, Bobby kind of booped his nose. (laughs) (laughs) Brock's like, don't touch my nose, dude. It's sensitive. I get pimples easily. What a way to take a dude down a peg, though, than to boop him. I mean, like, the way he, like, jerked his face away, you thought he, like, slapped him in the face. I'm like, okay, Brock. If I am heavy trash talking you and you boop my nose, I'm going home. <laughs> it just, like, it's over for me. Yeah. Like, do you? He I'm expected, sorry, like, a full on slap or punch or something, and he just got, like, a little <laughs> boop. He wasn't ready to be destroyed emotionally rather than physically. <laughs> it was psychological warfare, Bobby. <laughs> do you think that when Bobby is talking about all these people that are going to look at his contract, do you think MVP might be one of them? Oh, maybe. I mean, Bobby seems pretty resistant to I get know. into bed with anybody. Yeah, I think he's got a real lone wolf thing going. But, I mean, Brock did overcome him this week. So does he need an ally? Yeah, and he did. I mean, he mentioned his agent. So maybe. Yeah, and, you know, later we're going to see MVP back with a tag team that he'd had a little, yeah. like, strife with. Reunited and looking strong. So yeah. so maybe MVP is putting together a whole stable. It'll be, like, mm-hmm. three cool dudes and Baron Corbin. I love that. Somebody has to carry the bags. (laughs) I absolutely love that. Um, Was there anything else about Brock and Bobby that you wanted to dip into? No, I just, I'll never get over Brock, like, referencing sex with his wife while thinking about Bobby Lashley. I don't know. Yeah. It was all very weird and convoluted. It's like, it's a cry for help, right? Like, if you are obsessed with Bobby Lashley to the point that you can't enjoy your hobbies, you can't enjoy intimacy with your partner. I feel like it's also, like, it feels very passe to be like, (laughs) five hours later, if you know what I'm saying. It's like, okay, dudes, like, five hours, I mean, come on. Like, let's be realistic. It sounds miserable, personally. It's like a lot of chafing going into hour two. It so. just seems like so much sweat. Just go away, Brock Lesnar. It's like everyone is hot and tired. And look, that's how you get a UTI. 
Ugh. I hope I hope his wife calls him Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and says, Go thinking, away, Brock Lesnar. I love that. I was thinking about what kind of parents look at a tiny baby boy and think to themselves, Brock Lesnar. I don't know. It's questions. Yeah. <laughs> right up there with Los Angeles night. <laughs> so after this moment, we go backstage and uh, Dexter has drawn Candace LeRae a family photo, not photo, portrait of the Gargano family. I want to believe that he's actually that artistic. Like, I think that I would be believe so great. Um, and like, he regularly does this for them. Yeah. Like, his side hustle is caricatures, like, outside the local, yeah. like, flea market. Well, wasn't there a one of his segments when he was, like, sneaking up on The Miz? <laughs> wasn't he hidden behind an easel doing caricatures? Oh, I don't know. I just knew he was drawing pictures. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe this is, like, a secret talent. That's amazing. His they little signature really... was in the bottom, so I'd like to think that he actually did it. I hope they wouldn't, like, make someone else draw that. And then they're like, here you go, <laughs> sir. Like, some poor intern trying to make it in the world. You can put your name on this, sir. It's like, will, it, will I at least get paid for it? No. No, that's part of he your hourly wage. He brandishes his hatchet and walks away. <laughs> did you like that he included Nikki Cross in the drawing <laughs> lurking? So funny. I love how like nobody noticed her back there until Loomis pointed it out and then she ran away laughing. <laughs> um what if love is in the air? What if love is in the air? Yeah, between Dexter and Nikki. Oh man. Now my understanding is that before leaving NXT, he had some kind of wedding with Indy Hartwell. Oh, okay. But, you know, they're separated by distance and uh, a lot of other factors, so... I also think most state and federal laws don't apply to WWE, so they could probably do bigamy. Who knows? I think it's absolutely fine not to take your on-screen wedding very seriously. I think so, too. Oh, boy. There'd be some problems if all the WWE weddings were actually binding. Do you know how people online will be like, are you getting married to have a wedding or a marriage? What? And I feel like, you know, like people will shame you for be, being like too focused on the details of your wedding because you should be more focused on having a marriage. I have never seen that, but I I believe you. So I think in wrestling, it's absolutely acceptable to be like, no, I'm here for the wedding. <laughs> Fuck the marriage. That's not what we're looking for right now. That's true. <laughs> we never get updates. So I, I hope a little that he and Nikki find some love at a hopeless place. That would be wonderful. And the Garganos are like, look, you cannot bring her to our house. We have kids. They just do like weird, weird activities that are like basically harmless. But people think that it's like terrifying stuff that they're burying people in their backyard or something. Like what if the next time she's hiding backstage, he pops up over her shoulder? <laughs> so delightful. As long as she knows he's there and he's not then stalking her. Right. Consent is an issue here. (laughs) Exactly. So poor Candace LeRae has to go from this weird ass experience. Yes. Right into the elimination chamber fatal four way to determine who else is going to get into a little pod. Yeah. Candace. Once again. Had it rough. (laughs) 
She did have it. And you know what? It's, I'm always conflicted because I love that she's getting a lot of like active screen time. Yeah. But I'd like that not to be just pummeling time. Yeah. I also. I'd like to see her win something. I thought yeah. I got like the ickies when Corey, like when Carmela came out and Corey was like, God, she's gorgeous. And I was just like, okay, buddy. Like, okay. Yeah. It made me really uncomfortable. It was a big return, yes. right? Like, yeah. Carmela has been absent for a while. And, like, I mean, she returned doing what looked like to me some Lita cosplay, right? I mean, she's got the exposed thong and the baggy pants. Yeah. It's like, you know, some of us lived through the early aughts. You don't have to go back and relive the generational trauma like this. I was, <laughs> I was never a fan of that look. No. I am very much of the generation where my underwear stayed in my pants. Underwear goes inside the pants. 100%. That's <laughs> we tell Asuka that, that too. To. Okay, I have always been like, Asuka, I'm sorry. I love you. And Candace's trunks kind of look like thongy on the back, like a printed thong. Oh, I guess I didn't notice. I'll have to look closer. I think it was just like how the design looked. But I was okay. like, we are not taking this underwear outside the pants any further. <laughs> well, you're going to be really upset about Becky's outfit. I was modestly enraged. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I too was a little like, I, it should be nice that Corey is hyping up his wife, but it felt icky to me too. And maybe part yeah. of it's cause he was like burying everyone else. I'm just like, oh yeah. It also just felt like weirdly lusty the way he was setting it, saying it. And I'm just yeah. like, I don't, I don't need to be here for this. It's like, I'm so glad that you guys are keeping the spark alive. That's like really special and meaningful. Yeah. But also, like, you've got a whole ass home to do that in. Yep. <laughs> where I am not. Um, I had forgotten how much Carmella shrieked when she wrestled. I feel really bad saying this. So, like, this match was full of people that I like. We've got Piper Niven. Love Piper Niven. Mm -hmm. Got Meechin. Really like her. Love Candice LeRae. The minute... Carmella came back I was like I don't even remember why I disliked you so much but oh it remains yeah I like I've never been a fan of like wrestlers who like shriek and or scream all the time it drives me crazy yeah. it's just like a thing and like she was just doing it all the time and I was like Carmella please stop what if she and Rick Boogs form an intergender tag team and they're just like shrieking constantly. I would like them to lose every match. Oh, yeah. And your prediction came true. Well, you know, I am uh, I am only gifted with sight when it is the saddest possible outcome. <laughs> I kind of hoped she wouldn't win. But, yeah. you know, it's like you said, she's back. So I guess she gets the push. I don't know. I guess it's like. You know, she's been champion. She's got her street cred. But nothing about her excites me. Although I do think her dark hair looks way nicer than when she's blonde. I liked her hair, too. Yeah. Was there she... Was another... Ch oh, sorry. Can I... I have no, a quick question. Ahead. Was she champion... Yeah. Was she only champion after that Money in the Bank match? That, like... I think so. Stupid fucking what's-his-face came in and ruined it all? James. I think so, yeah. James Ellsworth. Thank you. Okay. 
That was the first women's Money in the Bank match. Yeah. And that fucking right, asshole came in during it. I remember being so freaking mad. Ugh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. So there was one thing I kind of liked during this match, and I wanted to ask you about it, if you noticed, and if you did, what you might have thought about it. Like, we were talking last week a little bit how, like, the way that we talk about wrestlers who are living in larger bodies can be, like, kind of problematic. Mm-hmm. And during this match, I noticed that they were kind of talking about Piper Niven the way that they might talk about someone like Braun Strowman. Like, Corey mentioned how powerful she is. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about her using her size to her advantage, which... In some contexts, I'm a big believer in we don't talk about other people's bodies. But in wrestling, we're literally just talking about other people's bodies. Yes, I noticed that. when they. So that doesn't feel offensive to me the way that like a tsunami would or something. I don't know. What did did you think about that? No, I I was listening. I had my ears on for that because, I mean, it is inevitable that when you have female wrestlers who are outside the sort of female wrestler mm-hmm. archetype stereotype that WWE has promoted. You know, you expect all the size comments. You expect them being called monsters, etc., etc. And it was something different and I was like pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I'd say that it was perfect, but it no. felt like we had some equity. It felt better than it had ever before and I didn't expect Corey to be the one to give us that so I as much as I criticize him sometimes I gotta give him a hat tip here for that I am just hoping that they're trying to change yeah I it would be nice to see that be the direction that we're headed in wouldn't it be that'd be great yep be really proud was there anything else about this one um not really um I I was kind of hoping, I don't know, I think it would have been fine if anybody else but Carmella won. That's kind of how I felt, too. Like, I wanted it for Candice, but I thought, like, <sighs> Meechan has been kind of a badass. So I was like, maybe, maybe it's going to be her time. Yeah. I just not, I guess I don't really understand why Carmella gets to come back and then all of a sudden is in the Elimination Chamber match. You know what I mean? Like... It seems like there should be some work there. But it's like Cody was gone a long time too, right? And then all of a sudden he's like headlining WrestleMania. So I don't know. And I don't love that for him either. Like, I mean, it's different, I guess, when you win the Royal Rumble, right? Yeah. But I always feel like it's cheating when somebody just comes back and all of a sudden they're right at the top. I do too. "Mm." I do too. You know, it's like it's like finding out that your boss has hired the CEO's nephew yes. to be your new boss. Yeah. It's just a little frustrating. So I think we're going to cut ahead a little bit. Um, we've got our friend Chelsea Green back, and it seems like she's in for a little bit of a nasty surprise when she comes to the ring to face Asuka. When she was coming out and Corey was yelling that she, like, stole Rob Halford's hat... Um, I was yes. in the process of writing down that she had stolen um, C.C. DeVille's hat from yes. Poison. Much better. Um, yeah. I feel like she was like C.C. DeVille Barbie in her outfit. Like, I enjoyed all the pink. I'm not a big fan of pink, but I enjoyed all the pink. I am a real pink connoisseur. 
And I really want like a half tutu skirt like that. You might be able to make one pretty easily. Uh, I'm not very crafty, but I'd be willing to spend some money on it. I mean, it was super fun. Um, My favorite, well, I guess what I thought was interesting about this match was that like all of the EC contenders were just like appeared outside the ring and were like hanging out and watching as Asuka yes. destroyed Chelsea Green. <laughs> Like vultures waiting to feast yeah. on Chelsea Green. The pop that Asuka got when like her music started playing and people were like when she was gonna be facing Chelsea Green, it was great. I loved it. I know. It felt like one of those moments where everyone was on the same page and we were all so freaking excited just to see her destroy this woman. Yes, it was great. It was really wonderful. No poison required. Yeah, I mean she didn't need it. No, she didn't. She just did not need it. Like, she put Chelsea in such a submission hold that she couldn't tap. (laughs) She had to, like, verbally give up. I really like that because I feel like some submission holds and some people who use submission holds, they don't lock it in in a way where you can, like, feel like it's really real. Yes. But Asuka's great. Like, I believe Asuka is hurting someone. (laughs) She's so great. Thank you, Asuka. She is great. I love her. Is her clown makeup growing on you? Um, I just wish if she didn't put it on her nose, on the tip of her nose. Yeah. It would be like super cool. It's the nose tip that makes it clowny for me. I think that's really fair. I think that's where where everything goes wrong. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, no surprise for me that Asuka was able to come out on top here. Yeah. And at the end, we have everybody in this little showdown. And who should appear but the EST? You know what I like about this this part where she came out, and I've noticed this with Bianca a lot, is that she comes out and she's not like, none of y'all can beat me because you all suck and I'm amazing. She's like, you're all amazing contenders. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to win, but y'all are amazing. And I think that that's really nice. I really like it, too, because I feel like it speaks to a much more genuine and healthy level of confidence than we ever see portrayed in professional wrestling. Yes. She's like, I don't have to talk any of you down. I think you're all amazing. Yeah. It's nice. But I'm pretty sure I can beat you anyway. And she can. Of course she can. She's the EST. She is. (laughs) Did uh, Did you like her little puff jacket? I think I was distracted. It was animal print, right? Yeah, it was a little like kitty print puff jacket. I think I was distracted by the animal print. It's fair. Not to take in the cuteness of the puff jacket. I normally don't love animal print, yeah. but it was like tiny and adorable. And I feel like she can make some things work that I certainly couldn't. And I think a lot of people can't. So, Well, she's magical. She really is. I know someday she's going to lose her title, and I hate that. I know. It's going to be really sad. Yeah. Was there anything else about uh, this segment that we should go over? No, I think I think I'm good with this. Well, that brings us to what, for me, was a, a pretty great moment where Cody Rhodes joins us. Uh, he looks like he's sort of like 
dressed like a sedate Willy Wonka. I think he's kind of trying to join Maximum Male Models with that look. He's like, yes, it was a look. Very dapper. And uh, I was very happy to see Cody. I really liked that he was putting Sammy over. Yes. But then the wise man appeared. That son of a bitch made me cry. That was some intense freaking promo. It was so good. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen anything like that before in wrestling. I feel like it's so easy to be like, they talk too much in wrestling. They should just be wrestling. But, like, if you have two people who can get on the mic and tell a story like this, holy shit. It was so good. I I feel like... Really had some emotions <laughs> yeah like it was anytime cody talks about his father i get like a little choked up just because he's so sincere about it yeah it's clearly so important to him and then when he broke paul Heyman, i was just like oh no i know it's over for me i thought I really... he was gonna i thought like i didn't know where the story was gonna go like yeah. I didn't know if Paul Heyman was going to say really mean things. I didn't know if Cody was going to say really mean things. Like, yeah, I thought everything about it was true up until the very last part. Yes. If I, and I think that is like, that's how you sell something like that, right? Like, everything is meaningful, everything is real, and that makes the gut punch at the end so much more horrific. I think so, but I also think like, I feel like they built it up so much about how much, like, Dusty loved Cody. And then to be, like, at the end, but actually, actually. he really preferred Roman Reigns. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh. It was it was just very funny to me that he was like, you are his favorite son, Cody. <laughs> like, that felt weird. <laughs> but he actually loved Roman Reigns more than all y'all. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was like Stardust is like Gold Dust. Sorry, like, Gold Guys, Dust. I am right here. Okay, like I am a person. I have feelings. <laughs> Fuck Roman Reigns. Poor Gold Dust. Gold Dust always seems like a really nice dude. I know. I really enjoy Gold Dust. I want there to be like, and I mean this can never happen because he's an AEW, but I want there to be like some backstage scene where like Roman Reigns completely breaks character and calls him and he's like, that's not true. It's not true. And, and it hurt me too, buddy. It hurt me too. Goldust is on AEW? Yeah, he's on AEW right now. I feel like he's so old. I don't know how old he is, but he's quite a bit older than Cody, right? Yeah, I, I think he's probably the oldest and Cody's probably the baby is the impression I got. Okay. Um, I also like that Cody was kind of like, wink, wink, nod, nod. I was somewhere else doing something yeah. else. I know. Like on his other problem, they just keep dancing around it. Well, we can't talk about it. It's the Voldemort of wrestling, apparently. Yeah. So this was, uh, this was maybe my favorite moment of the night, like other than, yeah. I guess NASCAR, but uh, it was just, it was pretty spectacular. <laughs> it was, it was really incredible and um, it's just really good storytelling. I was having a hard time like 
I was excited for Cody and Roman because I liked them both a lot, mm-hmm. and I knew it would be a really good match. But I didn't feel that, like, profound excitement, like, investment in it. Right. This made me invest a little. Yeah, I think I need a little more to be more invested, but it definitely helped. Yeah. Um. I also like that, like you said, he he put Sammy over, but they also mentioned that as a possibility. Like, Sammy versus Cody at WrestleMania would be bonkers. I'd be totally into that. I know. And I'd be cheering for Sammy. Oh, my gosh. That's so hard. I mean, I think I would be, too, just because it feels like Sammy has earned his moment in the sun. Yeah. Has Cody ever been you know champion? Uh, in WWE? No. Okay. You know, he maybe he was Intercontinental Champion for a while. I don't remember. Or Tag Champion. Oh, he like, was U.S. Champion at some point. There you go. Because I remember him there talking about that. I don't remember him being champion, but I remember him talking about it. Should get him right back in the picture then. I mean, <laughs> there's only 400 people feuding for that title. I mean, he'd be a far more interesting one. Absolutely. One thing I really liked, and it's just a little detail, but when Paul Heyman was talking about all the greats that Dusty Rhodes had trained, mm-hmm. he included women. Yes. And I thought that was so freaking great. Yeah. Because it would just be like business as usual just to be like dude A, dude B, dude C. <laughs> yeah. They get to like dude Z before they start mentioning women. It is nice because mm-hmm. it seems like it seems like for the most part well, I it's a big tr- uh, uh, assumption I'm making but it seems like for the most part like wrestlers both male and female, like ma- male wrestlers, basically, have like kind of always acknowledged how awesome female wrestlers are, and it feels like now that's coming into like the ones who are actually serious about it. That's coming into the mainstream more because I feel like on the indie circuit there was probably like, and I don't mean always and forever, like since the dawn of wrestling, right, but right. it feels like there's more acknowledgement in the mainstream of what people already knew in the indies, for example. Yeah. It feels like we came out of a time when women were just valets and managers to a time where you see lots of, you know, male talent saying, yeah, there's women doing the same things and it's really great. And it's a nice, it's a nice place to be at. It's nice, subtle advocacy. Mm hmm. Was there anything else about this promo? No. Kind of speaks for itself, right? Like, it's hard to add a lot because... Yeah, it was just really powerful. So we came off of this moment to another Elimination Chamber qualifying match where this one felt even less suspenseful than the first one to me. We've got Montez Ford taking on Elias. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then we had A-Town Clown on the announce desk. And once again, Corey Graves is just breaking his back to carry this man. Yeah. Like, I wanted to ask you, does it feel to you that Corey talks about Austin Theory with kind of the same attitude as he does about Dom? Yeah, there's there's like some barbs slipped in. 
just like you're doing a great job buddy like that same kind of thing like i'm gonna put this drawing on the fridge you're a real artist mm-hmm. and it's garbage no i feel that too okay um, i guess like one of my favorite moments between them was when graves asked austin theory if he has an album I was so scared at that moment that he was going to be like, actually, Corey, I'm glad you asked. It's dropping next week, Corey. I would die. It's called A-Town Sound. (laughs) (sighs) It's like covers. A-Town. It's just covers and like one song is called The Tears of an A-Town Clown. Rainy days and Mondays always get me clown. I love this. <laughs> Send in the clowns. <laughs> so funny. There's got to be more clown songs that we're missing. Probably. I'm just making them all into <laughs> clown songs. So I very much enjoyed this match. Uh, you know, Elias isn't my favorite, but I, I thought this was this was really solid. What did you think? Well, I mean, Montez did the flip over the corner post again, which is just fucking terrifying every time he does it now. It's yes. Like, it's incredible. But, like, I feel like to get the height to get over, he has to really hoof it. And then the landing, like, woof. Um, but he's yeah. he's incredible to watch. Like, he's just a really great wrestler. And I desperately want him to beat the shit out of Austin Theory. Yeah, I mean, I would not be displeased if he were to walk out of this having destroyed (laughs) A-Town. If A-Town was truly down, (laughs) thanks to Montez Ford. Like, I just, at this point, I'm basically a fan of anyone who will, like, beat him up. Yeah. So, yeah. There was... There was this great moment right at the end where Montez is going to do a frog splash off the top rope. And Elias was just kind of like flailing in the ring. Like he's like trying to get up. And he can't. I'm like, this is great. I, sometimes I really do love you, Elias. Not often. He Sometimes, you know how sometimes they kind of have to get into the right position yes. to the right spot. And it's yeah. like sometimes it's just like they just you just see him scooch over. And I'm like, OK, like Elias does a nice job of like. I feel like he was trying to position himself, but he like covered it up as flailing about. And I think some wrestlers are a lot better at that than others. He did a good scooch. Yeah. It was pro scooch. He's a boot scooch boogie. (laughs) It's always with us. So, I mean, like we said, no surprises here. Very sad that we won't have two street profits. I know. In the elimination chamber. That could have been a really cool dynamic. I know. Um, I do feel like that we've got three faces, three heels. It's an equal breakdown like the good Lord intended. And it was Montez's moment to kind of celebrate. But then we had Seth Rollins out of nowhere. He took Austin down so hard. It was amazing. <laughs> it was the best. I loved it. He just chopped his legs out from under him. <sighs> that was great. That dickhead. Also that the shirt. Oh, his mess. Not mesh. I don't know if it's mesh. It's just kind of transparent. Not transparent. What's the Fill word? Filmy. Filmy. <laughs> Opaque. No. It's not see through. I mean, see through is the word, but that's not the word I'm looking Sheer? for. Sheer. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Like pantyhose. 
Yeah. It has hearts on it, though, right? Some kind of red embellishment. He's in the Valentine spirit. Yeah, he's feeling it. And it had one of my favorite looks in a dress shirt, a pussy bow. Is that what those are called? Yeah, when you've got the little, like, built-in tie that you, like, do into a little bow, most commonly seen on ladies. Look, I don't know what you would call the equivalent on a man shirt, but on a lady's blouse, it's a pussy bow. (laughs) I mean, we could imagine. And I love telling people about pussy bows. (laughs) What the fuck do they call it? I have no idea what they call it It's got to have to do with a cat, right? It's got to be a cat thing. I'm assuming like it's like a little ribbon you'd tie around your kitten's yeah. neck or something. Yeah. A pussy bow. Good lord. Pussy bow. So I mean, winning look, winning maneuver from Mr. Rollins. I mean, just all around. <laughs> Stay tuned next week <laughs> for our new podcast. Pussy bow is for girls. <laughs> and Seth. <laughs> He can have whatever kind of flourishes on his clothing he wants. Yeah. I was delighted when he did that. I just, it was amazing. Like, Austin hit the desk so hard. It was great. I thought he broke his sunglasses for a minute, and and that really gave me a moment of cruel joy. That would have been great. So, after this beautiful moment, we get to our main event. We've got what we've all been waiting for, Becky Lynch and Bailey. In a steel cage. It it did not disappoint. No, I feel like we've talked about this a little bit, how, like, we haven't seen the Bailey that we expected to see, and I don't think we've seen the Becky that I expected to see. Mm-hmm. But in this match, and you tell me how you feel about this, I felt like I saw those wrestlers again. Yeah, I feel like they were both finally on, and that was really nice because I some of the stuff was just, like, wasn't doing them justice. Yeah, like, you know how good they can be. There was a moment, you know, when they were, like, up on the top punching each other. Yeah. And, um, like, Becky knocked Bailey down. Oh, no, wait, sorry, it was another one. Bailey was up at the top. Sorry, when Bailey was on the top, Becky hadn't gotten up to the top yet. I was like, why doesn't Becky just run out the door? Because the door was open at one point. Like, just go out the door. (laughs) That was funny, though. Because wrestlers don't make good decisions. I mean, if you were the heel and you weren't worried about honor and, you know, a righteous victory, you would literally just climb up the cage as fast as you <laughs> could and drop down to the other side. That's like the Miz method. Yes. Just and go for it. Smart. It is smart. That's what I do. Yeah, it is smart. I agree. There was a moment where Becky had Bailey in a submission hold on top of the cage. Yes. It looks so brutal. I was like, oh, my God. I know it's not real, but it feels real right now. I know. When um, Bailey kind of got out of it because she fell, I, I was like, her arm's going to snap. Her arm's going to snap. <laughs> this is the end of Bailey's arm. I was really like, <laughs> jeepers. And they kept smashing her up against the, I almost said fence, against the wall of the cage. Like, ugh. It was pretty brutal. It it was very very intense for a weekly show match. I thought I was very pleased. Yeah, it was it was a great match. Also, I noticed, or should I say, I didn't notice any picture in pizza this week. There was zero picture in pizza, and I just want to say this is the power of the people's voices. If you bitch about something enough, picture in pizza gets fucked. I have to wonder if that's 
I like to think that that's what happened. And like enough people were like, this is insane. What are you doing? But I have a feeling that's not what happened. <laughs> I would 100% rather miss the 45 seconds of the match for a traditional commercial break. Me too. 100%. Because the problem is, and I've said this before, is like when the commercial's on and the match is on, I can't pay attention to the match. Like I forget that the match is there because the stupid picture in pizza is so big. Right? Like, yeah, in this little tiny like four inch by four inch square, you've got silent wrestling, and then in glorious technicolor and blaring sound, you have whatever shit Pizza Hut is shilling this week. Yeah, it's really frustrating. It's impossible. This reminds me though, there was a horrifying update in the Ma and Yaz commercial universe clams clams that's <laughs> so gross what the fuck maya rudolph it was so awful i don't know why they what added that so in dirty. they love to make weird commercials i feel like this is the first year that there's been like lead up to super bowl commercials yeah it's like guys this is a capitalist hellscape that i do not want to tread through yeah i I'm very much over the manias. Mm-hmm. And uh, Io was very much over Bailey getting her ass kicked in this match. And she decided that she was going to get in there and take some things into her own hands. It didn't really go terribly well. It didn't go very well because a hero arose. A hero did arise. Lita has joined us from the annals of history. I was really surprised because, like, why Lita? <laughs> I mean, right? I, I'm like, always happy to see her because I didn't really watch wrestling when she was on. I always kind of liked her her situation. I've seen her on stuff since. Yeah. So, but it was just kind of a weird connection. I don't know, if, like, I'm not sure what the connection is there. If Lita was just like, oh, I was in town and thought I'd be a face. <laughs> like, do you live in Orlando? Like, what's she going might. on here? I was happy to see her. Um, I'm curious, is she going to be back around? Like, is she looking to do some more wrestling? Or That would be great. It would be pretty great. Um, also, like, not to be weird, because I try not to comment on people's aging process, but Lita looks amazing. I don't even know how old she is. Uh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> it was just like, wow, you've been like 35 for a while. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> that that was my goal and I just blew past that but how long have you been there <laughs> a while <laughs> let's make her say it out loud say it Jillian out loud Lita <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder if it was awkward like Edge is there. Lita is there. They're like trying not to look at each other backstage. I thought of that too. I was like, how does that work? I've never really been in this sort of situation where like you might run into your ex backstage. I was really curious. Like, has it been enough time? Is everything okay now? I imagine you run into exes backstage all the time in wrestling. (laughs) Right? Like who else has a schedule that you can date with? Yeah. It seems like it's probably so, pretty common. And maybe they're both like really mature and chill about it now and just like, yeah, everybody made mistakes, whatever. I hope so. That'd be nice. So coming out of this match, like 
What do you think lies ahead for these two? Are we done? Are we going to go a few more rounds? Like, where are we headed? I feel like it's not over just because it feels like it's now that it's so personal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got to be more heated now. And, like, I don't know what else they would do otherwise. Yeah, and I, I mean, we've got to occupy them at the next pay-per-view. Like, it feels yeah. like there's still more to do here. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of women on the, you know, raw roster. So, do they... I don't know. Like, the, yeah. Like, it seems like the other ones are kind of involved in Elimination Chamber stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So... It seems like they would have... Maybe next week they'll announce a match because Elimination Chamber is on the 18th. Sounds right. So I think... Let's see. Our next show will be on... Yeah, our next one will have to do our predictions. Oh my gosh. I feel like we just predicted. I know. It's pretty tight. And then there's nothing in March yet unless they announce some random one suddenly. Isn't... Why did I think WrestleMania was in March? WrestleMania is in April. Ah, okay. Well, that gives us some time to breathe then. It's usually April. No, I'm... I know. I'm like, I doubt everything I've ever known. Are you looking it up? I'm looking it up. Let's see. You are correct. April 1st and April 2nd. So I I I guess... Last year, it was like 4th and 5th. I think it's usually the first week of April. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's good. That does give us some time, but I'll be curious to see how we fill it. I am. I'm curious as well. Because so far, well, we don't have to look at it yet. We can look at Elimination Chamber matches next week when we do our predictions. we got to savor it like fine wine. I know. It's over before we know it. Is there anything else before we put this one to bed? No. I think, you know, it was a very interesting week in wrestling. I think the Mm -hmm. standout storylines were really great. Yep. I agree. I think it has been... It has been a good time, and I feel like we are going to keep the good times rolling. Yeah, I'm excited to see how everything unfolds on the road to WrestleMania. So this has been Wrestling is for Girls. Uh, Thank you for joining us and for every time you've listened so far. You can find our episodes every week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on our website, WrestlingIsForGirls.com. And you can always say hi at WIFGirlsPod on Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you might not be your dad's favorite son, but you could be the son somebody else's dad always wanted. 